Welcome to episode 3 of Heads and Tails, the cricket podcast that's about the present, the past and everything that's not in between. I'm Abhishek Chopra and who better to have with you on the crease in this unbeaten third wicket partnership than the man who has interesting cricket anecdotes aplenty and bits and pieces of his cricketing nows are sprinkled all over this podcast, Nitins. Hi Nitins, what's been up in the world of Border and Gavaskar? Hello Chops, great to connect with you once again for the third episode uh, and it's very fitting that we are recording the Heads and Tails cricket podcast in a week when the Australian cricket team could not make head or tail out of what the Indian bowlers and the batsmen were dishing out to them. What a one-sided test match to kick off the Border Gavaskar trophy. I, I know all of us had India's favourites for the series but I don't think we expected a two and a half day innings victory to kick off the series. Quite an abject surrender from Australia. Yeah, it's almost as if we could uh, perhaps blame Australia for spoiling the weekend. Given all of us had great plans to park ourselves in front of our TVs and enjoy the match. Uh, it's, it's just something that happened uh, all of a sudden. And we didn't even uh, realise when the test match began and when it ended, uh, to be honest. Yeah, I think there was a lot of action before the test match started with the Australian media accusing the board, the Indian board of uh, pitch manipulation to uh, try and favour the home team. It was, as it turned out, it was a regular Indian wicket. It had the usual turn, the usual low bounce and all of that. India just were a far more better prepared team for, for these conditions, as you would expect. I think they batted significantly better than Australia as well, led by a marvellous century from Rohit Sharma. And uh, those three spinners, all of them coming into their own. Akshar Patel didn't have much to do with the ball in this test, but contributed significantly with the bat. And, uh, well, Ravindra Jadeja and R. Ashwin, a class of their own. Uh, I think they they did everything uh, that, that you would expect of them. And easy win at the end of the day for India. Yeah, I think the one telling stat uh, for, uh, for the Indian team was how much the last three guys who batted contributed which is uh, Aksar, Ravindra Jadeja and Mohammad Shami. Uh, and finally, it turned out to be the case that the Australian team in their sorry second innings could not even surpass the individual score. None of the Australians could surpass the individual score of Mohammad Shami. The, the other thing to note was, uh, as you mentioned, how amazingly Rohit Sharma batted. Some of the shot making was, was so full of conviction that it was almost as if he was batting on on another pitch completely. Uh, the Australian uh, off-spinner, Todd Murphy, the bespectacled Todd Murphy playing in his debut test, did make a good impression uh, with, with his bowling in his uh, debut test. But ultimately, it turned out to be far and few in between for uh, Australia, who weren't able to dislodge the Indians uh, for a small total after... Uh, falling prey to the Indian spinners uh, themselves at the beginning. Yeah, in fact, Murphy's performance now gives Australia a new selection headache. It means that they will now have to play him in the next Test match, which then means, okay, if Stark and Hazelwood or Cameron Green are ready to come back, who's actually going to make way for them? It's it's unclear. Nathan Lyon didn't have a great Test match uh, here, but you would expect him to retain his place. India also have selection troubles uh, or, you know, happy troubles going into the next test match. Now, Surya Kumar Yadav was handed a debut uh, and did not have a great test match. But you don't really drop a player of his calibre or you don't drop anyone after one failure. But then if Shreyas Iyer is fit and ready, he will come back into the team. 
and you did mention siraj and shami who did well with bat uh, as well as with ball but really india did not need two fast bowlers on this pitch and if the conditions are going to be similar at delhi they will consider maybe leaving one of them out so uh, plenty to do for australia going into the rest of the series the other important piece of news coming in from south africa is that the indian women have defeated the pakistani women in the t20 world cup that's on in south africa right now this match was held at cape town and the pakistanis uh, put up 149 for 4 in their allocated 20 overs with some very very good acceleration at the fag end of the uh, of their innings uh, the captain bisma mahroof uh, and aisha naseem combining for that uh, effort at the end uh, the indians had a bit of a difficult time during the chase but ultimately uh, the bombay hockey player jemima rodrigues combined well with richa ghosh to get india to victory uh, with one full over to spare yeah so good to see india continuing to have the uh, domination over pakistan at world cups uh, regardless of the gender uh, but what is the hockey connection uh, with jemima rodrigues i don't know of this she was just uh, one of those who was a multi sport uh, player uh, as a kid and hockey was her second main sport and she was quite good at it and some of the hockey uh, shot making uh, has also perhaps gone into her cricket with the kind of sweeps that she is able to execute so well great stuff then good luck to jemima and the rest of the indian team as the world cup continues to take shape we will continue to track that action going into next week moving on to our favorite segment of the podcast we had rohit sharma score his first century as captain of the indian test team and perhaps we should talk about how his predecessor in this role did in his first test as captain of the indian team i think nitins you've got us uh, live updates from adelaide 2014 when <laughs> india faced off against australia yes uh, we are going all the way back to virat kohli's debut as a captain for the indian team uh this was not expected he was not expected to be the captain for this test match uh, i think ms dhoni missed this test and kohli had to step in at the last minute as the captain for the opening test match of the that edition of the border gavaskar trophy this was of course before india started winning matches and series in australia consistently so india were definitely the underdog going into that into that tour and this test match was also happening in the backdrop of phil hughes unfortunate death after being struck by a cricket ball which meant there was a lot of sentiment uh, i've never seen an australian team get as sentimental as they did in the lead up to this test match there was a lot of yeah. talk michael clark uh, led the tributes for uh, phil hughes leading up to this test and there was almost an unwritten pact that uh, maybe not a pact but it it did seem like the bowlers in both teams were trying to uh, you know pay their respects for phil hughes by being careful about the usage of the short ball and uh, that's the background in which virat kohli made his captaincy debut with a very very young indian team that was not expected to do well on this tour but virat kohli laid down the marker very very early saying that this is how i intend to play my cricket and this is how the indian team will play cricket under me uh, they selected karan sharma as an attacking leg spinning all rounder to go into this uh, into this test match it was a strange selection not a selection that panned out as we will discuss shortly but i think it gave us a sign into how virat kohli thinks about cricket and thinks about leading this team uh, a fantastic test match we are going to talk about it and we are going to talk about kohli's incredible performance 
Um, yeah, what are your thoughts, uh, Chops, as we go into discussing this test? Yeah, I think it was one of those tests where uh, perhaps uh, at least to start of cricket was almost in the background, and uh, what happened to Phil Hughes and how the cricketing world reacted to it was perhaps the the story of the hour. Uh, I remember this hashtag that went around called "Put Your Bats Out" uh, on Twitter and other forms of social media, where uh, uh, you just had to, you know, uh, pay your respect to Phil Hughes, uh, who, whoever you were, wherever you were, uh, uh, you know, whatever level of cricket you had played, you just needed to keep your bat out in the in the open, uh, and it was just a beautiful uh, way of the cricket world coming together. Uh, as far as the Test match is concerned, uh, I think very strange call, as you mentioned, uh, leaving out someone of the caliber of Ashwin. Um, and and selecting uh, an attacking leg spinner uh, in his place who was very, very unfancied, uh, didn't have great credentials to his name, uh, didn't turn out well. But uh, I think it particularly told us about how Kohli is going to think about bowling. Uh, he obviously became famous for having uh, four or five fast bowlers, fit fast bowlers at his disposal. And uh, you know, placing huge emphasis on picking up 20 wickets in every test match uh, wherever India played around the world. So, uh, the the fourth innings chase, which I'm sure you're going to talk about, uh, is something that stays in memory. There was a lot of uh, questions raised about whether India was going to go for it or not going to go for it. But, I mean, if there was any uh, doubt left in anyone's minds about what kind of a cricketer and captain Kohli is, that was obliterated on that uh, seminal day five uh, at Adelaide. Absolutely. And I think the lead up to that final day begins as is the case in Nagpur, also in Adelaide. It begins with the pitch. Th those, those were the days when Australia used to have these drop-in pitches, some of the flattest batting decks ever seen in Australia. India did not have the fast bowling firepower to trouble quality batsmen on tracks like that. Varun Aran was India's opening bowler along with Mohamed Shami in this test match. Uh, and this is not the Shami, the latter-day Shami that we are used to, right? And Jaspreet Bumrah was yet to emerge. Mohamed Siraj was still, you know, many years away from making his debut. Australia had three centurions in the first innings. David Warner, Michael Clark, who used to score centuries for fun against India. And of course, Steve Smith, as always, uh, also scoring 162. So Australia piled on of 517 for seven and they declared... India came out of bat. It was still a flat wicket and, and the Indians also had a good time with the bat. So, M. Vijay, Cheteshwar Pujara both got 50s. Uh, Rahane got a 62 as well. Rohit Sharma batting lower down got 43. But all of them batted around that captain. right? So, before we go into the second innings of Kohli, we should first talk about that first innings where he scored 115 in his very first innings as captain for India. Any memories from that innings, Chops? Uh, the the first thing I remember actually is the fact that uh, I think very early on in his innings, uh, perhaps the first ball itself, Kohli got struck by a bouncer. Yes. I know you mentioned uh, a while ago how uh, you know bouncers were perhaps uh, you know something that was not appreciated as much as it would be in an, any other test. In this test, they carried a special significance, uh, and to have Kohli struck like that at the back of his head was was. Something that really shook us up. Um, and yeah. the Australians too, uh, they were very concerned for Kohli. And, and he brushed it off like nothing had happened. Yeah. Uh, yes, there was all the sentiment associated with Phil Hughes uh, and his death. But Kohli was uh, on a, uh, was like a man on a mission. And he had something you know completely different to prove. 
and after that some of the some of the pull shots he played off uh, the australian pacer mitchell johnson in front of square with yeah. uh, you know his arms not even extended completely uh, really yeah. showed the class of the man the domination of the man and the other thing that stood out was uh, was his batting against pin i know uh, you know a lot has gone wrong for him against pin recently uh, and to even remember what he was like in those days yeah. with quick silver footwork with sweeps uh, you know with with shots through the offside of the back foot it was just something else and uh, i think the score that he had was 115 and uh, i mean those were glorious glorious runs against a pretty pretty decent uh, australian bowling attack i'd say uh, yeah. you had mitchell johnson as i mentioned ryan harris was an old wily fox you had uh, nathan lyon um, and so yeah i mean three pace three bowlers who were very high caliber yeah and you had peter siddle as well in fact if you go right back to that first ball the entire australian team comes and you know gathers around virat to check if he's okay after he's taken a hit there's only one person looking really serious and you know very stern and that is virat himself right he doesn't he's not at all happy about the fact that he's taken that blow he doesn't want to show any sign of weakness and you almost sense that in his face that you know get back get back to business uh, this is not you know i don't i don't need your concern and it was very reminiscent of ricky ponting once yeah, when he yeah. was hit by jawagal srinath in the same country probably in adelaide only i think in 1999 Yeah. uh when uh, srinath was very concerned after hitting him with a bouncer and came to check on him and ponting gave him the effort and asked him to get on with his business um yeah. and yeah that that was the spirit in which kohli carried on sensational innings uh india finished with 444 which is still well short of australia's 517 for 7 australia in the second innings continued to pile on the runs david warner makes uh, 102 this time uh to go with the century he made in the first innings so 200s for him in the test match as well they finished with 290 for 5 setting india overnight at the end of day 4 uh, a very improbable target a chase of 364 nobody really expected india to go for the chase and yeah. uh, people thought australia would probably take a couple of sessions to get the 10 wickets they needed yeah. to win the test match and then it began yeah absolutely uh, it was i mean the second innings 100 was perhaps Uh, not as good as look uh, as good as the first innings hundred to look at, but uh, in terms of the sheer weight of those one forty one odd runs, it was it was completely something else. Uh, again, it was uh, you know a great great partnership that he had with Murli Vijay, uh, which really uh, set India onto the path of that improbable chase. Uh, and after a point in time, he was the lone man fighting as wickets kept falling around him. uh you had i think shikhar dhawan and uh, ajinkya rahane given out to some very unfortunate uh, umpiring decisions uh yeah, that's as far true, as it is yeah but on the flip side m vijay was probably out five times <laughs> yeah. to nathan lyon uh, i think india did not have drs this was yes, that time yes. india would refuse to take drs while everyone yeah. else would but yeah. Uh, yeah great partnership all set between uh, vijay and kohli and by the time By the time Vijay got out, India were actually cruising towards their target. Right, they were two hundred and forty-two for two, so well on track to chase down the three sixty-four when Vijay was finally dismissed for ninety-nine minutes after Kohli had just reached his hundred himself. Like you mentioned, it wasn't the more good-looking of the two knocks, but some of the sweeping, like you mentioned, right? Uh, Kohli playing the sweep. Uh, you might wonder when did that happen? It was happening quite regularly on and that out- day. 
and from the rough outside the off stump from the rough exactly and and he was sweeping all over he was sweeping square he was sweeping fine uh, he was taking on those bowlers right he was uh, yeah. like you mentioned the pull shots with the truncated sort of jab of the arms uh, he was pulling with Mitchell Johnson off his face which is quite something and this was yeah. the fiery Mitchell Johnson after the 2013 ashes right and uh, a lot of attacking shots of lion as well um and india just kept going for it yeah like you mentioned rahane uh, didn't uh, yeah, didn't do too well in the second innings rohit sharma failed as well got only six runs and then ridhiman saha comes out in dhoni's absence he was keeping wicket he goes after the bowling he scores a six and a four and the captain was cheering him on from the non strikers and not asking him to you know play it carefully which was completely new uh, to what you had expected in indian cricket even the post match interviews that kohli gave where he talked about you know the pride that he had for his team given how they approached the entire match uh, as a young team under difficult circumstances etc was just something else i mean you didn't know how to respond to a defeat like that you could take abject defeat and you were i mean god knows we were quite used to it by then especially in overseas tests uh, especially in australia but there was some bit of exhilaration in in the uh, manner in which india lost this test and uh, you know the result was not in our favor but uh, the the memories were quite happy ultimately from you know how we saw kohli and his team go about it we're going to go further back into the past now we're going to 1998 to mohammad azuruddin's incredible 160 odd against australia at the eden gardens a ground where he could do no wrong when he was captain of the indian team the reason we are picking this test match of course is one because it's again an indian captain scoring 100 against australia much like rohit sharma did in nagpur but also because just like in nagpur you had the rarity of an indian innings victory against australia it's a very very rare occurrence but it happened in 1998 uh, in kolkata Your memory is uh, Chops from 98, Kolkata. Uh, do you remember watching Azruddin and his team create a lot of magic in that test match? Absolutely. And uh, this was the second edition of the Border Gavaskar Trophy. Obviously, India and Australia played test, uh, test cricket earlier uh, too against each other, home and away. Uh, but 1996, uh, the one-off test at Delhi, which is the venue for the second test in the ongoing Border Gavaskar Trophy, was, uh, was where it all began in a one-off test. uh and then the australians came over to india for this three test series uh, uh, the first test was at madras chennai uh, australia promptly I, lost that i like that i one. like how you said madras there <laughs> nice throwback <laughs> yes uh, australia promptly lost that one um, with the heroics of uh, sachin tendulkar in the second innings coming to the four this was supposed to be a showdown between uh, sachin tendulkar on the indian side and shane won on the australian side and clearly in that first test at madras uh, uh, sachin tendulkar and india came out on top uh, when we went to the second test uh, at kolkata uh, the the australian team was already cribbing about the lack of spin uh, that the pitches offered in india which is a very odd thing to remember uh, but the the excuse that they put down and their former cricketers put down was in 1996 india beat us at delhi on a raging turner and now that we have the world's best leg spinner in our ranks you won't give us turners anymore so yeah. that was that was you know the the 
larger story behind this test and uh, uh india was the first team to bowl and india again had three spinners in its ranks uh, the opening bowlers were srinath and uh, the prince of kolkata saurav ganguly the fiery srinath... indian opening bowler saurav ganguly <laughs> yeah absolutely uh ganguly is bowling i mean what do mm-hmm. what does one even say it was obviously his home ground and uh the memorable thing was the number of times he beat the australian captain mark taylor outside the off stump it was almost as if you know a, a big uh bullying cat playing with a dead mouse yeah. um, <laughs> and ultimately he got that wicket too uh then came the spin trio uh, we had uh, ashwin aksar and uh, jadeja at <laughs> nagpur in 2023 back then we had anil kumble from karnataka venkatapati raju from hyderabad and rajesh chohan from madhya pradesh uh, doing yeah. very very strange things with the <laughs> ball on some very strange indian wickets and, and you must give them kudos for selecting as well right uh, we spoke about how india probably didn't need two fast bowlers in this nagpur test match azruddin and the rest of the think tank back then were smart enough to to realize that and they didn't pick a second fast bowler they dropped harvinder singh Uh, Saurav Ganguly was given the new ball, and he was breathing fire. Thirteen point four overs, five maidens, three for twenty-eight. Like these are Ganguly's figures. He bounces out Michael Kasprovics later in the day. Uh, like you mentioned, he got Taylor nicking off, and uh, he was generally unplayable, right? He could have got Taylor Absolutely. out many times. Uh, yeah, it was. It is quite bizarre that uh, India. This this is the sort of cricket that India used to play, and it it worked in these conditions very much. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But yeah, yeah I mean, uh, other than uh, uh, you know, uh, Steve Waugh standing up for the Australian batting, there was absolutely nothing to write home about. They were dismissed for two thirty odd, and then when the Indian uh, inning started, uh, we had Vivas Lakshman at the top, which is another yeah. oddity, uh, generally a middle order batsman. But I mean. you had nayan mungia opening the uh, uh, you know batting in the earlier test so yeah i mean anyone could have a go basically it was you know, <laughs> whose name was picked out from the uh, you know lottery or something like that so uh, but uh, the run rate at which the indians scored their uh, uh, all their runs was was quite something uh, baseball completely uh, you know Uh, let's call it the, as in, ball <laughs> as ball yeah. yeah in the mix of things uh, uh, i think good runs for uh, lakshman and then siddhu and then sachin and dravid and azhar everyone of course azhar you know we'll talk about him but the other thing that really stood out for me uh, nitin was how uh, rahul dravid really faced off against shane won um, yeah. after you know uh, sachin had obviously done his bit uh some of the shots that he played through the offside uh you know off the back foot against Shane Warne were absolutely brilliant and i mean i remember uh, you know them showing the side on replay and sometimes dravid's uh, back foot was ending behind the stumps as he finished yeah. his shot so i mean all the technical stuff that you talk about you know weight transfer and placement all of them were completely completely beautiful in that uh, little innings that dravid played and then azruddin i mean you know days on which he was on song um, and if you had not very high pace around he could just murder you yeah. i mean there's no other way to put it uh, the the you know whole point of field placing for him as a captain as an opposition captain was anyway difficult given the angles he created with his wrists and uh, in this innings he just went from strength to strength in terms of you know how attacking he was um how he reached his landmarks often with a 4 or a 
and yeah. uh, i mean uh, he could have you know played on for another 200 runs and the result <laughs> yeah. would have been the same but yeah. when the lead was 400 he chose to declare uh, yeah. uh, so india ended up thankfully 630, yeah yeah 633 yeah. for 5 and then when it was the australian turn again again uh, shrinath gave us a great start with the ball and then kumble just took over man like it was one yeah. of those things you know like you saw ashwin and uh, the other spinners just take over in nagpur uh, the indian spinners used to just take over in the opposition's fourth innings or third innings whatever the case was yeah and just team roll them i mean you absolutely yeah you didn't even need umpires beyond a point because you know it was it was so convincing that uh, you know the indians are going to win and Yeah. ultimately yeah uh, quite a huge win for uh, for uh, india australians didn't even reach anywhere close to their first inning score let alone reaching anywhere close to you know uh, removing the lead and uh, yeah. yeah very memorable win for india um, and uh, really showed their uh, strength on home soil against the most difficult opposition of that time sadly the indian team was to travel to australia soon uh, <laughs> for the return leg and yeah. then the nightmares really returned yeah yeah let's not go there in fact even before that australia played really well to win the third test in bangalore yeah, i think absolutely. where uh, taylor taylor scored a fine century there sachin got 100 but michael kasprovics uh, picked up a lot of wickets as well i remember that test but this test match the second test was i i don't remember australia being as flat in a test match in india as they were Uh, yeah during this test right you mentioned that uh, india were going at baseball speed by the time azhar even came to bat right yeah. uh, and he Absolutely. scored 160 out india were already 347 for 2 well into the lead and sachin had just got out for 79 of just 86 balls right Man. and india india batted through the second day and scored uh, 369 runs and that that was unheard of in the 90s that kind of speed right so siddhu and uh, lakshman just pulverizing the bowling initially Uh, making it very easy for Dravid Tendulkar to score their runs, and one was really off color in this test match. A lot of short balls, and he was taken to the cleaners. The other memory from this test is uh, is the commentary of the late great uh, Australian David Hooks, uh, yeah. who was a great friend of uh, of uh, you know India and Indian cricket in general. Uh, we spoke about him in the last episode as well when he did the post match interview with uh, Yuvraj Singh. Yes. Um, after he won us that match in Nairobi, here uh, you know he was in full flow uh, on commentary, especially as Azhar was playing his innings, and he yeah. had a very particular way of his you know of of doing his commentary where the description before the ball was bowled and the description after the ball was bowled was part of the same sentence, and so often you know when yeah. he was in commentary, you had the batsman playing a shot. and then hooks restarting his sentence with and uh, it's a boundary through the offside so yeah. that and is something that's you know really stuck in my head yeah. uh, and you know another one of those uh, cricketers who was taken away from us uh, very very soon but yeah great yeah. guy on on commentary very very australian way of putting things yeah i think it was uh, david hooks on commentary when paul wilson came on to bowl for the first time in this test match and kopal wilson has this uh, you know big mustache slight yeah, beard he's a big burly guy big burly guy with a handlebar mustache and david hooks on hair on hair goes he has a face that only a mother could love kopal <laughs> <laughs> wilson it's on youtube do check oh, it out yes yeah
we've been glad to bring to you this third episode of heads and tails uh, this is me el chopernos and nitin sundar signing off thank you and we'll catch you for another episode till then keep spreading the love keep giving us five stars and keep telling your friends about heads and tails bye bye and thank you so much for the company chops it's great fun going back into nostalgia with you and to look back at indian cricket and the great stories from the past thanks to our listeners as well please let your friends know about us and if you like what you heard please do give us a five star rating it helps more people discover us until next week it is bye bye from heads and tails You were listening to Heads and Tails hosted by Abhishek Chopra and Nitin Sundar produced by Audiomatic producers for Audiomatic Rajesh Tahil and Avdoot Khanolkar assistant producer Priya Kash <laughs>